the truth is your haters must hate you your enemies must must do whatever it is they want to do because god says god wants to to set up a table for you before them so let them do what they are supposed to do let them serve their purpose don't stop them don't be a stumbling block hey guys welcome to another episode of the lori speaks show here we talk about life walking in love and everything that makes us awesome my name is lawrence i'm a personal development coach and i knew from a very early age that it's my life's passion to help people discover their true identity and also harness their fullest potential it is from this passion that this show was born thank you so much for pressing play having you here really means a lot to me if this is your first time here thank you for stopping by and if you enjoy the show be sure to subscribe rate review and let's stay connected on instagram and twitter my handle is at laurie speaks now let's get started in the previous episode we spoke about one of the biggest obstacles to personal development which i described as a lack of freedom to be unapologetically you and i said this is mainly due to people and their expectations of who they think we should be and um how they think we should act if you haven't listened to that one yet i would encourage that you listen to that episode first and that way you will be able to get so much more from the second episode my main focus in the previous episode was on the opinions of those people that some among us like to refer to as as haters personally i just see them as people who don't really matter to me because how they perceive me doesn't make much of a difference to me they can think what they want to think it's a it's a free world everyone is entitled to their opinions and someone else's opinion is none of my business in this episode we will discuss how to preserve yourself from the opinions and sometimes even the love the protection and the well wishes of those people who are close to us now i know this may seem strange that um we need to protect ourselves from the opinions of those people who mean who are close to us who mean something to us but stay with me here i'm sure by the time i finish you will be you will be in a position to understand where i'm coming from um these are those people whose opinions mean something to us because if we are being honest it feels really good to know that we have their approval these are the close friends the bffs the day ones even the favorite family members <laughs> now let's just take a moment here to be honest with each other we all have a favorite family member even though we may not advertise it but the truth is there's that one person who just understands you better who gets you better than everyone else and these are the people that we really need to be careful of so to make the point i want to make on here I'm going to use two personalities that walked closely with Jesus in the Bible. Um on the one hand, we have Peter, who is the first pope. I love Peter. And on the other hand, we have Judas Iscariot, the betrayer, the son of perdition as Jesus liked to call him. And if he had lived in our time, he would be the fake friend because he was a really fake friend 
Now, a really good friend of mine and I always talk about how if you are dealing with someone with Peter's personality, you can restore them. But if it's Judas Iscariot you are dealing with, you don't have to worry about Judas. Judas kills himself. There's a mechanism in his personality that causes him to hang himself, to hang herself sooner or later. So if it's Judas, don't concern yourself with Judas. He will handle himself. Now, one day I was thinking about how Jesus dealt with these two people on two separate occasions. These occasions in my book define his identity and purposeful coming to live on earth. And so I'm going to read two portions of scripture for you. The first one is from Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 to 23. And I will read from, from the Passion Translation. And it says, From then on, Jesus began to clearly reveal to his disciples that he was destined to go to Jerusalem and to suffer injustice from the elders, leading priests, and religious scholars. He also explained that he would be killed and three days later be raised to life again. Peter took him aside to correct him privately. He reprimanded Jesus over and over, saying to him, God forbid, Master, spare yourself. You must never let this happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get out of my way, Satan. You are an offense to me because your thoughts are only filled with men's viewpoints and not with the ways of God. Wow. You know, it's quite easy for us to process these things now, but I'm sure if anyone was eavesdropping on this exchange, they would have said the same thing I said. They would have said something like, Wow, Jesus, isn't that a little too harsh? The guy was simply trying to, to show his love for you. The guy was, the guy means well. You really don't have to be that harsh. If someone was listening in on this exchange, they would have said something along those lines. But hey, it's easy for us to understand and analyze and process these things now. The second scripture is from John chapter 13. And the background here is that Jesus had told his disciples that one of them was going to betray him. And Peter leaned on John to ask Jesus who it was exactly. So I'm going to read from verses 25 to 27. It's still the, the Passion Translation. And it reads, Then the dearly loved disciple leaned into Jesus' chest and whispered, Master, who is it? The one I give this piece of bread to after I've dipped it into the bowl. Jesus replied. Then he dipped the piece of bread into the bowl and handed it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And when Judas ate the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus looked at Judas and said, What you are planning to do, go do it now. I find these accounts very interesting because we have Peter trying to protect Jesus and he gets rebuked. Then on the other hand, we have Judas planning to betray Jesus and he gets encouragement to do whatever he is planning to do quickly. Now, it may seem strange at first, but like I said earlier, 
These two moments speak to Jesus' identity and purpose for being on earth. In his exchange with Peter, he refuses to tolerate anything that stands in the way of who he is, the Son of God who came to be offered up as a sacrifice for sins, for the sins of the whole world. It made no difference that, in his mind, Peter thought he was expressing his love for Jesus. Satan took advantage of how much Peter loved Jesus, and he tried to corrupt Jesus through Peter. But then Jesus saw right through the ploy and he stopped it dead in its tracks because he knew who he was. He knew that I'm the son of God. He knew that I'm here to be made a sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. So if someone tries to stand in the way of that, they're they standing in the way of me being and doing what I came to do, regardless of the love they think they might be acting in. Because to be honest, I believe that it was so easy for Peter to be to be manipulated by the devil because he loved Jesus and he was acting in love, even though the love was confused or should we say misguided. And then on the on the second occasion we see Jesus simply embracing his purpose for being. He encouraged Judas to do what he wanted to do quickly. Now, a lot of reasons can be argued for, for why he acted in this way. The bottom line remains, Jesus did not discourage his betrayer from, from betraying him. It looked like a setback, but it was actually a setup for Jesus to step into his glory. The betrayal may have looked like something that hurts. I'm sure it hurt, but Jesus was looking at it from, from, a, from an eternal perspective. He was looking at it from the perspective of the Father. This is what I came to do. This is what God, this is what my Father has sent me to do. He sent me to die. And in order for me to die, I must be betrayed. So this must happen. He did not discourage his hater from hating him, which is what many people like to do. They like to 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 post statuses, to post tweets, to post Instagram pictures, warning their haters to, to not hate them. The truth is, your haters must hate you. Your enemies must, must do whatever it is they want to do because God says God wants to, to set up a table for you before them. So let them do what they are supposed to do. Let them serve their purpose. Don't stop them. Don't be a stumbling block. But anyway, let's get back to, <laughs> to the subject of this, of this, of this episode. Now, what can we take away from, from these two events, from these two occasions, from these two exchanges that Jesus had with his disciples on two different, two different times? It's something that sounds strange when I first tell people about it, but it's, it's actually the truth. It's not the people working against you that you should concern yourself with. You should not even worry about your, your enemies. You should go ahead and read Psalm 27. It, it outlines the most beautiful way to react to your enemies. If I'm a child of God, if I'm born of the word, and the word must be fulfilled in my life, 
then that scripture must be fulfilled. Anyone who chooses to work against me has to fulfill that scripture. So I don't even have to know that someone is working against me, whether I know it or I don't. The moment they decide to do it, they have to stumble and fall. It's what the Bible says. They have to stumble and fall in order that scriptures may be fulfilled. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. So next time you find yourself worrying about people that are working against you, stop wasting your time on them. They don't matter. They are non-issues. What they think of you is a non-issue. The people you should worry about, the people you should be concerned with, are the people closest to you. And I will tell you why. Because people who are close to you are perfectly positioned to take the place of God in your life. Not even because they want to replace God, but because you make room for them in your life. You actually promote them in a way to take the place in your life that only God should occupy. These are the people whose phone number you reach for first when trouble comes and their advice you readily accept. Whenever you, you find that you don't have enough money, you know whose number to call. It's always someone close who knows how that you've been single for way too long. I love this one. I really love this one. Um, it's your best friend. It's your really good friend who knows that you've been single for way too long and they have just the right person to hook you up with. If you ever notice that, it's not your enemy. Your enemy will never come. Someone who disapproves of you will never come to you trying to, to hook you up with, with someone they know, with a friend of theirs or something like that. Now, the funny thing is, it's very much possible that the person they want to hook you up with is someone who in God's plan has got no business even meeting you or even knowing that you exist. It's very much possible. So many people have found themselves in relationships that they have that they had no business being in in the first place because a good friend introduced them to their single friend. And these two people had no business even being just friends. You see now how the people close to us are the ones we should we should worry about let's let's talk about something else let's 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 even talk about money or or business it's it's always the friend or the family member or the the someone close who always has the brilliant business idea that they think we should put money into and sometimes it's it's money that maybe god wants us to put into the gospel but then this friend comes because they want us to do well they want us to excel in business they want us to do really well financially they come up with this business idea that we have no business investing in because the money we have is money that god wants us to put into the gospel but now because Friend so-and-so came with a business idea. Now I'm going to put the money that I was supposed to put into the gospel, I'm going to use it to invest into a business that I have no business being in. 
<laughs> that sounded really redundant but i hope you get the gist of what i'm saying i'm sure now you are i'm sure by now you are beginning to see the picture of how the people closest to us are more can be more dangerous to us than the others than the others <laughs> let's just call them the others yeah the people close to us can be more dangerous to us than the others because we know they love us and they know they love us so it's quite easy to blindly trust them and follow whatever they say and follow whatever they suggest because their approval means something to us their acceptance of us means something their opinion it's something that has the ability and not only the ability but it also has the capacity to influence our actions to influence how we do what we do and so the question now we have to answer is how can we protect ourselves from falling into these situations where the approval of someone who means something to me ends up being a disadvantage to me ends up being a setback in my life I have discovered that the best way to answer this question is to ask a question in return. You know, Jesus used to do this all the time. People would ask him questions and in response, he would ask them a question and then that would solve the whole thing. And that is the case right here. In order to answer the question of how can I protect myself from people's opinions? How can I protect myself from falling into situations that can end up being that can end up orchestrating my downfall the best way to answer that question is to ask a question in return and the question is how much of their well wishes is inspired by the ways of god and his purposes for my being if you learn to ask yourself this question every time how much of this is inspired by the ways of God and his purposes for my being if you learn to answer this question honestly you will find that you will be in very little trouble in life and anything that fails to fit into the ways of God and his purposes for your being just treat it as nonsense because that's exactly what it is regardless of where it's coming from this is the most important part regardless of where it's coming from anything that fails to fit into the ways of god and the and and the purpose of god for your life anything that falls out of that it's nonsense whenever i speak of identity and purpose people always ask me um how can i define my identity or how can i know what my purpose in life is or some variation of these two questions but it's always it's basically these two questions that i get asked all all the time and there are so many ways to answer these questions most often lead to to even more confusion but i've discovered a really simple and effective way to do both these things to identify to define your identity and to know your purpose in life and to actually live it out it's a very simple and effective way to do both these things it is simply to find yourself in Matthew chapter 
in Matthew chapter 28, sorry, in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, you will never go wrong if you leave out Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 20, verse 18 to 20. I don't know why I keep on saying Matthew chapter 18. I think I should study Matthew chapter 18 soon after I'm finished recording this because I keep going back to Matthew chapter 18 for some reason. Now, I was saying, if you were to leave out Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, you will never go wrong. There's, there's, there's simply no way. Because that is what Jesus told us to do. He said he told us to go into the world and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And you know what else he said? He said, I am with you always. So it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter who you are going to face. The game changer there is that I am with you always. No door can remain closed when Jesus shows up. No man can stand in your way when you show up with Jesus. I would like to see who he is who can stand against Jesus. He says, I am with you always. So if you just simply find yourself in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, make it the basis of what you do. This is how I started. This is how I'm, I managed to be where I am today. Even though now I, I say my foundation is John chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. But if you look at it, John chapter 1, verse 6 and 7 fits into Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. So whatever you do, wherever you go, if you don't know your purpose, if you are struggling to define your identity, find yourself, find your purpose. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, you will never go wrong. It's impossible to go wrong if you simply do that. So that is all I had for you today. Um, thank you so much for pressing play. Thank you once again for, for pressing play. And as usual, I believe you found value in this. And if you didn't, I hope you are going to share with someone, even if you didn't find value. I truly believe that someone else is going to find value. And if you did find value in this, thank you so much. And I trust that you are going to share with someone else so that we can we can spread this word. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for spending your time to listen. May God bless you richly. May he bless the works of your hands. May he multiply everything that you do. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you.